Hello, my love. Welcome to the Asian Women Mean Business podcast, hosted by me, Rapinda Kaur. I will share tools, tips, and experiences to help make your life easier, bolder, and happier. We will bring in guests who have lessons to share about life, purpose, and relationships, and how they overcome their challenges to create a life that they are proud of. My hope is that each episode will shine more light on your life and help you gain clarity on who you are, recognize your strengths, to empower you to become a powerful woman. Someone who knows her worth, who is confident about herself and her identity. A woman who is willing to evolve to become the best version of herself, not just for her, but for future generations. Are you ready? Well, let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back, welcome, welcome, welcome back to season two of Asian Women Mean Business, the podcast with me, Rapinda Kaur. Now look, let's call out the elephant in the room. Let's say what you're thinking, what other people have been telling me, which is, Rapinda, where have you been? Why did the podcast end so abruptly? Why didn't you wrap it up? and what's been going on. So I'm going to be really open and candid with you and share some of the things that have been going on, which has prevented me from recording episodes of this podcast. At the beginning of summer, so around June, mid-June, I realised that I was heading towards burnout. And if I didn't take immediate corrective actions, I would not be in a good place. I've had burnout before, I've had stress before, I've had postnatal depression. So I take my mental and emotional well-being extremely seriously. And I'm in a place where I can recognize some of those symptoms. So for me, I was feeling overwhelmed, overworked. I had a lot of decision fatigue. I was finding it difficult to make decisions. And the reason for that was because there was just so much going on personally and professionally for me. So in my personal life, we started to do a home renovation and construction project, which has been huge and has involved us managing the contractors, the project managers, the all the different trades and everything that comes into doing that. And it's been massive. It's been something that we've been managing in between our jobs and raising our family. My daughter, Thea, who turned 10 over summer, so that was a huge milestone in itself and something that we really wanted to celebrate with presence and with love and with our family and friends, given that, you know, we've been in lock, we were previously in lockdown and we couldn't do much. So that was something that needed planning. And, and I've also been looking for schools for both my children. So Thea goes to secondary school next year. We're extremely fortunate that we live in an incredible county. We live in Surrey and we have like 20 amazing schools that she could potentially go to. And I know that's that's a very privileged position to be in. I know that that's certainly not a position my parents were in or my in-laws were in when it came to our education. So it's not something we take for granted, but it does require effort and energy to speak to the schools, speak to the teachers, speak to the head, speak to Bea, find out what she wants in her next school. She's been at her current school since she was two years old. And um, 
it's a big thing. It's a big thing making this transition to a secondary school. And we really wanted to make sure that it was the right school for her. So this summer has entailed doing lots of due diligence, visiting schools, speaking to people, looking at reports, making decisions and really curtailing this list and getting a short list of lists and then, you know, doing all the paperwork and everything else that's associated with that. And we're also doing the same for our son, Sahib, who is just turned four. He's going to be five next year. So we're looking at schools for him. We're looking at his needs and how will his needs be best met in what sort of educational establishment. These are big lifetime decisions that I was making over summer, which meant that other things to do with AWMB had to be put on the back burner. And the way I do this, by the way, because I always get asked, how do you make decisions? How do you prioritise? So I follow the Stephen Covey matrix of important versus urgent. And not not everything that is urgent is important. That's the first thing we have to understand. When something's important, it has a deep significance to us. It aligns itself with our life goals, our values. It has repercussions and consequences. And it's really important that we understand what that is in our life. So what are the things that are important? And one of the things that are important to me is obviously my family, my children, their well-being. I'm their custodian in this lifetime. And it's important that I help them navigate some of these big lifetime decisions and versus what's urgent urgent is something that is pressing down on us it has a sense of urgency it has a sense of needing to take immediate action but that doesn't mean it's important like for example I could have a phone call so that phone call is urgent because my phone is ringing there's a sense of immediacy I need to answer it but that doesn't mean it's important and that's why by the way I all of my notifications are switched off. I, my phone is usually on silent so that I can focus on things that are important. So this is what I did at the beginning of this summer. I started to realise that I was feeling stressed and overwhelmed and anxious and I just wasn't feeling myself. So I made a list of everything that was important and I put everything else on the back burner. And this podcast was one of those things that I had to go on the back burner. But thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you so much for the messages. And I've got to be honest, I wasn't even sure if I was going to record a season two. But hearing from you all, going to events, seeing people, being approached by strangers and being told that this podcast was very useful and helpful and they loved it is what's made me want to come back and record more episodes. It was also a great shock and revelation to discover I was on this list of the top 50 UK podcasts by women. So that was really lovely and it was nice to be appreciated and recognised. So that's why I decided to come back. So in this season, we are actually going to have guests. I know I promised guests in season one, it just didn't happen. But I have some brilliant guests lined up for this season. I can't wait for you to meet them and introduce you to some fantastic women. We're also going to do the normal episodes that I do where I just share some insights. I give you the tools and the strategies on how to work through some of the big issues, some of the things that I'm working through that might be relevant to you. And that's what this podcast is all about. And this episode is all about. This episode is all about how to deal with envy. Um, Now, here's the thing. Envy can actually be good for you. Like weight, 
What? Hear me out. There is a huge difference between envy and jealousy. Jealousy is a strong emotion that's fueled by a sense of fear and loss. When you perceive that someone has taken something that you are emotionally attached to or is threatening to, we react by feelings of hurt and anger and jealousy. That is jealousy. Jealousy is driven by this feeling that someone is going to take something that you have. Either that's they're going to take it in reality or there's a threat there. And that could be anything. It could be your business, your home, your car, your money. It could be the affection of your loved ones, your parents, your siblings, your children. That's how jealousy works. It can permeate us and make us think that we're at risk of losing something. That's not what I'm talking about here today. I'm talking about envy. Envy, on the other hand, is about coveting something you don't have. So the person you envy has something that you're aspiring to. Here's the thing, with this age of social media, it has never been easier to feel both of these emotions. I'm a big believer in observing our emotional triggers and reflecting on what they are telling you. You can follow your envy to discover new talents. Use it as a motivator to follow your ambitions. It can sometimes shine a spotlight on a blind spot. So you might find yourself envying people in a certain profession or industry or perhaps giving a TED talk or doing a creative hobby. That's telling you something. It's good to sit with those feelings and reflect on what they are, what they are telling you. Do you want to be giving talks? Do you want to travel more? Do you want to do something more creative? Do you want to change jobs or career or business? Or do you want to relocate to a different part of the world? So envy can trigger us into taking action if we allow it to be a motivator. But what I want to show you is some of the things that you can do and how you can deal with envy if it's coming up for you. So number one is identify what sparks your envy. Consider what sets you off and causes you to hunger for what other people have or the way that someone else is. Research has found that often envy results from comparisons to others who have similar background ability and achievements. So it might be someone that looks the same as you, the same gender and, and same social status as you. And you might feel triggered by something that they are doing or something that they have. Sit with it. Write it down. Write down what's coming up for you and what is being triggered for you. And then step two, I want you to write down your values, your needs and your world view. Ask yourself what your values are, what your needs are. What does your world view consist of? Get to the essence of what is really important to you. Because sometimes envy can trigger something in us. Yet when we sit down and think, actually, do I really want that for myself? Is that how I want to live my life? Do I really want to be doing that? How is that going to fit with my values and what I, my priorities and what is important to me? But if you haven't done this, what you'll find is that your emotions are hijacked by the envy. That's why it's really, really important to understand that. Because the third thing I want you to do is start to pull apart the things that are you and what is it that's causing you to be envious some of the ways that you can counteract envy is to practice gratitude 
Practicing gratitude helps you to practically and systemically recognize what is good or going good in your life. Gratitude can be defined as identifying what is important and creates purpose for you. Being intentionally grateful can help you put greater emphasis on what you have rather than what you do not have that is causing you to be envious. Cultivating these feelings of gratitude has been shown to produce feelings of connectedness to those around you, to a higher power, and to a deeper meaning or larger perspective of your situation and feelings. So here's a tip. If you're feeling envy, if those feelings are coming up, I want you to stop. I want you to reflect. So maybe journal, maybe send yourself a voice note. Just maybe sit down with your thoughts and think, what is coming up for you and why is this coming up? I want you to then shift your focus onto gratitude. Gratitude has the ability to power through that envy and focus your attention on what's really important. So you can practice gratitude by writing or saying daily what you are thankful for in your life. Focus on positive life events, relationships, or the small everyday occurrences that enhance positive feelings. It was the Sean Aker research that found that if you practice gratitude for 21 consecutive days, so you start the day by thinking of five things you're grateful for, end the day by thinking of five things that you're grateful for, and you do that for 21 days straight, there is a direct correlation to your happiness levels and the impact of that happiness levels last for six months. So you have the ability to shift outside of your envy and to focus on gratitude. Number two is stop judging yourself based on others' experiences. Because the basis of envy starts with comparing yourself to others, you can prevent this by focusing on yourself and avoiding judging yourself based on comparisons with others. It is normal to evaluate yourself in comparison to those who are similar to you. Number three is focus on moving forward. Instead of comparing yourself to others and competing with others, focus on yourself. Stop competing. The only person you need to compete with is the person that you were yesterday. Learn from that person and strive to be better, stronger and smarter today. Focus your energy not on what was, but on what you're becoming. Surround yourself with supportive people. These people are your rocks, your champions. They're not the naysayers or the detractors. They support you in your endeavours and genuinely want you to be happy. Avoid spending time with people who compare themselves to others. When you spend time with someone who's preoccupied with how much money he makes compared to other people or the kind of car she drives, you might start to find yourself doing that same comparison too. You might not intend to do so, but this person's constant attention to these matters can rub off on you, sparking your envy. So tell me, has envy ever triggered you to take action? Has it been a negative or a positive force in your life? We've all done the Instagram scroll and looked at other people's houses and cars and holidays and thought, oh man, I would love that. And that's okay if it drives you to want to do better, if it drives you and it motivates you. But when it's a negative, destructive feeling, it's something to work on and build upon. And so I hope some of the suggestions that have been made here can help you with that. Until next time, take care of yourself, my friend. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Do subscribe, leave a review and share. It would mean the world to me. Thank you.